So the scripture says when they were asking Jesus um, to eat, he said, I have food you know not of. The minute he said that, there was a separation that occurred, a.k.a. consecration, where Jesus, because of his relationship with God, was given a diet that was personal to him that they didn't know of. You guys following me here, yeah? So the spiritual diet in its nature, as you all said, will look different for all of you. It will look different for all of you. It's very personal. And I want to hone this in because the disciples were doing a good thing. They were, you know, worried about Jesus' um, um, state of, you know, his body, how he was eating. Let me, let me backtrack. John 4 comes right after John 3. In John 3, we have the famous scripture about for God's love the world, um, the story about Nicodemus, how can I be born again? So what's happened here in the you know, Gospel of John is that Jesus is building a narrative of what happens after you get saved. The first thing is that God deals with your first. That's why he went to the woman at the well. Yeah? And he spoke about if you believe in me, um, the water that I give to you will become in you a wellspring of living waters. Yeah? Then the story switches to, to meat, food, dealing with hunger. Your spiritual diet is what's going to keep you to finish what it is that God has sent you to do. If we go to John 4, let's go there. Give me the message version. Mm. Good. Verse 34. Jesus said, the food that keeps me going. So basically, the diet that I am obeying is that I will do the will of God. It keeps me going. When I'm reading scripture, I'm realizing that I, there's, there's a food beyond um, um, eating when it comes to being a believer. There, there's a food I am called the will of God that actually feeds you. So now I'm looking at obedience a bit different now because sometimes when we hear obedience, we hear, oh, I have to do this because X, Y, and Z. But I'm realizing that this is the obedience as I say that it's going to give me the power to remain what it is that God's called me to, to be obedient to. Does that make sense? So, the first time in the Bible where God gives a boundary, he gives a boundary to Adam and Eve, amen? Don't eat from this tree. How does the temptation um, begin? The enemy comes to challenge Eve on what did God really say? Now, my opinion is that she was able to be deceived because God gave Adam the instruction, not Eve. So there was some sort of second-hand understanding that Eve had because when she replied to, this, um, to the serpent, she changed up what God said. Now, bear in mind, nothing um, had changed to that day until the serpent spoke to her. So it wasn't until she heard something different, she began to see what was always there differently. So when we don't yield to the boundary, a.k.a. the diet, the thing that we was always doing but that God said, because somebody else has come to infiltrate what it is that God is saying and give us another perspective, what was once straightforward becomes a bit like, hmm, hmm. So what is that, I have? That's the gates of your ears. 
that has entry point into your heart. And Tony said this morning, guard your heart with all diligence. So there's a diligence which sounds also active, by the way, guys. So diligence isn't passive, it's active. Am I diligently seeking God about the diet? Am I diligently following the diet? All your temptations are going to come around the diet. Remember, Adam and Eve are perfect, yet God still gave them boundaries. So, so sometimes this boundary thing is not about, you know, perfection, so to speak, or being pure, or whatever, it's a part of it. But sometimes it's just about, if God said it, that's it. It's worship, it's the power and the beauty of choice that you have, which makes your worship to God unique, different from the angels or the animals who obey God because they have no will. So you said something interesting about you doing it because you love him. This is what it looks like. God gives a word, because I love him, I will obey him. You guys following me here, yeah? So this diet may not feel good at the beginning, amen? You know, I'll tell the guys that, you know, when it comes to fasting, the younger days, it was kind of easy, you know, I was doing the three days, you know what I'm saying, no water, you know, for all that radical stuff, hallelujah, amen. Got a bit older, the body changed, but now God's called me to long fast. You know, usually he will prompt my blessed wife, you need to fast. And when I ask what kind of fast from the Holy Spirit, it's one month, two months. And for me, those long fasts are much more harder than three days. Three days, you just bang it up, Monday to Wednesday. You know, you plan Thursday meal from Sunday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I'm laughing. <laughs> it's real on these streets. And then the fast is like, no chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and I've realized that Hebrews 12 says, you know, at the present time, sometimes God's discipline doesn't feel nice. But it tells us that without discipline, you're not legitimate sons. Then it tells us that without discipline, we don't actually get to experience the love of God because the Father corrects and disciplines those he loves. So sometimes the love of God comes with restraints. And that restraint is building in you patience. The Bible says that love is... So what does God... What is God's end goal, as Manuel said, when he gives us diet and boundaries and restraints? God is love. What's he forming in us, guys? To become into his image, which is what? Which is love. God is... Called to be like who? God, made in his image and likeness. So this whole consecration becomes our offering, becomes our declaration, becomes the very, um, it becomes the tangible expression of our worship to God that we love him. You guys follow me today? Because I want us to say that without love, everything we do is noise. It's nothing. What tends to happen, and that's how we start comparing ourselves about who's more spiritual. We start to get carnal with, with what this consecration is all about because we didn't realize, that, hey, wait a minute, we're being conformed into an image which is God, 
which expresses itself in love. You guys follow me here, yeah? So when I say what your spiritual diet, because I believe God's going to speak to you guys in the month of December, and I believe some of your diets are going to become a bit more concrete, amen? There are going to be some certain restraints and boundaries. And look, Satan won't ask you to do anything that's, um, that's not good. Well, that's not, yeah. You know, you know sometimes when we hear God's, when we hear stuff from God, like, you know, so 100 pounds, you know, that, that wasn't the devil, you know. The devil was going to ask you to give money. So I want you to be open to whatever challenge that God does, knowing that the end goal is that you're being conformed into his image. The end goal is that you're having an opportunity to express love to God. Amen? So I want to go into some prophetic insights for December, and then we're going to close out. But I hope everybody's hearing what I'm saying today, yeah? Spiritual diet is love in the making. So I've got three words for December um, that I want to share with the community today. Um, and I also want to give time for a response. So the three words that I've got were deeper, um, deliverance, and discipleship. Deeper was speaking to the place of intimacy in the secret place. Deliverance was speaking to a time to be naked and unashamed. Discipleship was a time to embark on a journey with God, which is underguarded by your spiritual diet. All of these three things is what consecration looks like lived out. It's time to get deeper. It's time to get naked and unashamed. When I see these two words, naked and unashamed, I'm always reminded about when God first made Adam and Eve. He said, he said that they were both naked and unashamed. Nakedness speaking to um, the honesty that they were experiencing in the, in the presence of each other. Nakedness speaking to the transparency of them seeing themselves for who they truly are. And I've realized that when I've experienced times in my life where I need deliverance for some serious sinful habits, it's not that I'm not naked, because obviously I confess them. Hallelujah. Amen. It's the unashamed part. So I may confess the sin on a surface level, but this shame thing is not allowing me to express the depths of what's really going on. You guys following me today? I really want to urge you guys, I sometimes the unashamed part, if I'm honest with you, it's we only experience shame when it's time to confess to each other. So a lot of my deliverance that's permanent today consists of confession before God and man. Bible says, confess your thoughts to one another so they may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So there's, there, was a, 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 there was a powerful prayer that we find that only comes by way of confession to one another. You guys following me here? I'm sure you guys can resonate that there's probably still physical now that you ain't confessed. Because 
When the Bible calls us the body of Christ, he's saying, listen, Ayo, how you just walk out can never be exempted from community. Whether you like it or not, you're joined to one another by the blood of the Lamb. So when he now says the only way the world will know you is by your love for another, this love is the power that breaks shame and allows us to live out the truth that God has given us with complete joy. Are you guys following me here? So I want to charge the house even today. There's some things that maybe we need to find our accountability partner to confess. Maybe need to come talk to myself or P.S. and confess. The Bible says whatever is done in the dark must come into the light. Next one was discipleship. And this one here, like everyone needs to, you know, um, take inventory here. When God calls you to a specific spiritual diet, more times he's removing things off of our plate and making room for other things. Spiritual diet, I remember Jesus said that his spiritual diet was to do the will of God. There was, there's a time called preparation. There's a time called training. There's a time called sit down. There's a time called read. There's a time called to write. There are different times and different seasons under heaven. What am I echoing here? The spiritual diet is God removing some carnal things, not, not sinful things, just natural things to make room for deeper involvement with spiritual things. So if there's anything that should be increasing in, um, with your spiritual diet, guys, it should look like prayer and the word and fellowship. And I want that your 23 goals beyond, you know, finance, relationship status, all those wonderful things. Hallelujah. I want you to ask God, like, what's his goal for you spiritually? What do you need to learn about God? Our sister spoke about this year. She just took time out to know God. Went on retreats. Investigated what she believed. Spoke about, you know, sometimes as believers, because we grow up in church, we just do church things like, ask yourself, why do I do these things? I'm telling you, if you don't have a why, the world will have a strong wind that will blow you to and fro. So when the Bible says that we have to fivefold for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, it says the goal is that you may not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You ask yourself, like, do I actually know God? Do I actually know his word? And set yourself some sort of discipline in your discipleship to get deeper in the world. You guys following me here today? Very basic word, amen? But a basic word that will ensure you finish the race. Because it's these, you know, basic things that we think are, you know, challenges that we fail to practice and become mature in that trip us up in the future. Next slide, please. So, when you do this 
thing for 23 that I'm asking you guys to do. God's going to address three areas of your lives. Your ears, your eyes, and your heart. So I put down here, um, the way to describe um, a spiritual diet is things that God has specifically required of you in this season, or it could be a complete lifestyle change in general. It differs to everyone. Others can, you cannot. The easy way to that suffer this is that God will start challenging what goes through your eyes. Many of you guys spoke about TV shows, X, Y, and Z. Your ears, conversations, community, music, and ultimately the heart, which is where it all stems from. What I've learned in my short years is that if the enemy can grab my eyes or my ears, he has gateways and entry points to my heart. And where we live out our Christian faith is from this place called the heart. The Bible says in Ephesians 3, 17, um, that Christ dwells in your hearts by faith. Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence out of your heart flows the issues of life. So when it comes to this thing called spiritual diet and living a consecrated life, it's about guarding the entry point that the enemy will seek to infiltrate to compromise what God has called you to be. You guys follow me here? So the easy way to do this thing for next year is ask God, what do you want me to do with my eyes? And more times, if we're all honest, we don't need to ask God what. It's, we need to start offering things that we know that are affecting our eyes and our ears and our hearts. So prayer time gets a bit more deeper where you start praying about the real things that's affecting your walk, which isn't not a new job. It's about what are you consuming in your ears and in your eyes that's affecting your heart. Because the Bible says that we've been called to pray and to pray at all times. And it says, I'm not lose heart. Meaning, the engine of your spiritual life, guys, is this thing called heart. I believe it was Peter. The Bible says that Satan had desired to sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you that your faithful fell not. And when your heart is converted, go back and shepherding your brothers. So if Christ dwells in our hearts by faith, what's going to be the main place that anyone's going to attack, guys? So when we're saying, God, your heart for diligence, come to a realisation that life isn't about what happens to you, so to speak. It's, what, it's how you choose to respond. This is why he gives us the Holy Spirit, because in enough of ourselves, we'll crumble. That's why he's called helper. He's called intercessor. He's called teacher. So the place of prayer is a place of dependency where we're actually receiving from God to live out this thing he's called us to be. Amen? You guys heard me today. Next slide, please. So I put down here the three gates are where mixture, infiltration, contamination, and mixture happens. And we have three key scriptures that God gives to us about eyes, ears, and hearts. And I, and I want to echo these scriptures because as believers, we ought to be living um, 
in the state of receiving revelation from God. And when I say revelation from God, I'm not talking purely about prophecy about the future. I'm talking about us being able to see God all the more clearly today. You guys follow me here, yeah? So the Bible says in Matthew 6, let your eye be single. If your eye is single, your whole body will be filled with light. The Bible says in the book of Revelations, when he's giving out um, prophecy to the church, he ends it with saying, let him that has an heir, let him hear. Matthew 5, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So it, it dawned on me that the very gateway the enemy seeks to infiltrate is the very gate that God seeks to speak to. Let your eye be single could basically mean this, guys. Let your focus be God. Let him that has an heir, let him hear. When I speak to you, stop being stubborn. Blessed are the pure in heart, for this I see God. The cloudness of my heart is not allowing me to see God in the situation that's happening right now. So the why behind the cause of the gates is because it's the same gate that God wants to speak to and through. And maybe the issue of not seeing him and hearing him is because of who I've given my attention to. Through my eye gate and my air gate. Revelation, guys, is both visual and audible. God will speak to you through image or through sound. So I want to close here because my time is gone, I believe. And I want to really implore you guys. I started off this saying God's called us to go a bit more deeper. Um, I want you guys to give God an offering of your time in December. You know, December sometimes, because of the season, it, the deception is it's, it's a time to just, you know what I'm saying, let the thing just flow and go. We'll go again in January. All right? You know, laughing at me. <laughs> You've got this thing of, you know, it's Christmas, blah, blah, just get fat, gluttony, sin, amen. Uh, and it's just easy for us just to get into the hustle, the bustle of the season, like it's just busy. Uh, and before you know it, we're not really about this life that we used to be, amen. So I find it interesting, and I know it's God, that in a time where the world wants to grab our full attention, that God wants our full attention. Remember, our worship is giving God the choice to worship him. That's true worship. So I want you guys to find this place called secret. And, and this secret place is not about how long you pray, guys. I want to cancel that description. This secret place is about how present are you when you pray. Remember, I said prayer is telling God the truth. So I want to challenge you guys. Is there anything that I will say naturally speaking is that let the secret place be frequent. So even if it's just 10 minutes at 12 p.m. during lunch break, it's, it's better than nothing. If you're present with God, he was always with you anyway. That 10 minutes, oh, God will do what he does in that 10 minutes. But if we can choose us to engage with what God is calling us to, I'm telling you, there's grace on the other side to do. So David came and gave us that word, a place 
called Hidden. If you weren't here, I encourage you to go on YouTube and watch it. It's in that hidden place, the secret place. It's where we're going to find the wisdom and the truth to live a life that ensures that our gates remain pure. Amen? Yeah. Just going to rise thing, I'm going to quickly pray. But I hope you guys will see some nuggets and understanding and that your why is a bit stronger behind this call um, to consecration. And, I, and our prayer, you know, it's going to be very simple. It's, Lord, help me to do what you've called me to do.